You're listening to the Haney Company Financial Guy Show. No nonsense, just a crazy mix of life, business, the funny, and of course we're going to talk about your money. But just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. What could go wrong? Welcome to another episode of the Haney Company Financial Guy podcast. I am the financial guy himself, Brian Haney, and I am thrilled to have a, a friend of mine. We go, we go pretty far back, Miss Ebony Bell, the uh, owner of Tag Magazine and entrepreneur, speaker, extraordinaire. I mean, you, you've done it all. You're like a superwoman, which, you know, is, is awesome. So uh, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for for having me. I'm I'm excited to be a part of this. And uh, like you said, it's been a long time, my friend. Uh, And definitely it's been a long time with the the pandemic. I'm so used to seeing people, you know, out and about like you with the networking. Um, So it's nice to just see your face uh, and hear your voice. Likewise. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, Definitely zoomed out, uh, as I'm sure most people are. So um, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm very bullish on 2021 being, you know, able to kind of get back to some some semblance of normalcy. So, you know, abundance of fingers and toes being crossed for that outcome. Yes, definitely. The hardest hitting questions come first. So I know I know I told you this. So I'm, I know you're ready. So here we go. We're just gonna go fast and furious. Would you rather visit space or the ocean floor? Ocean floor, for sure. Okay. That Should didn't I seem like it took you too long. Why the ocean over space? Um, it's, I love, I don't know. I, I love, I don't want to say I love water, but I love bodies of water. I love what happens uh, below the sea. I would love to experience, you know, the fish, the sharks, the everything, the whales, all of that. I just think it's a beautiful sight uh, and I'd love to be a part of it. I think um, it would be a little bit more appealing for me personally uh, than just being in space with, you know, black space with stars or whatever. I, uh, <laughs> I want to see it all under, under the sea. I love it. No, I, I, I've got I've got more of a Jacques Captain Nemo in me maybe than I do, uh, you know, Buzz Aldrin. So <laughs> there are. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think we're kindred spirits that way. And I, I literally just uh, in the last couple weeks finished reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which I remember reading growing up. But I was like, did I read the abridged version, the full thing? Obviously, I've seen, you know, the Disney movie. Uh, so I just, I reread it again. I'm going through a lot of the literary classics and, you know, just, you know, not that any of some of the descriptions that are in that are, are super accurate, but it's, it was, it's enough of that kind of a grip to realize, oh my gosh, like there's millions of miles of probably unexplored territory and aquatic life and all this kind of cool stuff yeah. that's right off the shoreline, you know? So, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll make our ocean floor adventure happen. Yes. <laughs> um, since I mentioned you're a superhero, uh, if you could don the cape and have a superpower, what superpower would you have? I always go for teleporting. I don't, it's always my thing. I feel like uh, it would save so much time. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, and I could do things like if I forgot something at home, I could easily go back home and get it. Uh, just weird things like that. But teleporting would absolutely be it. Uh, quick, it's efficient, and it's fun. 
and I feel like I could do so much with it. You know, I know people say things like flying or whatever, but I'm like teleporting gets you there so much faster. Uh, so I think it just would be really cool. And, and I can go anywhere in a split second. No, I, I love it. That's in my top five for sure. So yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like, and geez, I mean, talk about cutting down on commuting costs, right? Hello. Yes. <laughs> Save a lot of money. Beautiful. Yeah. Winning all around. All right. What food will you not eat under any circumstance, including penalty of death? Oof. Um, anything. It's, it's hard for me to say something specific. Um, I feel like I'll usually try anything, but anything that's like texture wise is slimy. I'm weird about texture in my food. So I was, you know how people like eat snails and things like that. I know that's super weird for me to say snails, but I would never eat anything like that. Life or death. I'd be like, Hey, all right, I'm out of here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, my, my number one is insects in general, just yeah. regardless, like slugs, snails, crunchy, slimy. If it's in that vein, we don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have any appeal. So I, I appreciate that snails. Yes, I'm not, yeah. it's escargot, right? That's what that is? Thank you, exactly. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I was mm -hmm. watching, um, um, oh my God, I can't remember his name from, he has a late, oh, James Corden. He does something yeah. like spill your guts. I don't okay. know if you've ever seen it, uh, but feel free, it's on YouTube, anyone that's listening. Uh, of course, Brian, watch it. And they have all of, they bring celebrities on and they ask these like hard questions that a lot of times they can't answer. Cause it will be like, Hey, what product did you endorse that you like the least? And of course they can't say something. Right. But it's like cow tongue and um, all kinds of stuff. I don't want to gross people out, but that's what it kind of reminds me of. And I was like, I can never, I can never do it. Insects, all of that. It was like a ant uh, pudding topped with scorpion. It was just oh. crazy. I, I could never. Yeah, no. And the, when I, I remember, what was the show um, where they would like dare you to eat all that stuff? Yes. Uh, oh my gosh, what? Anyway, we both know, you know, when they would do that kind of stuff or put you like in a box with scorpions. Or the, like, fear factor. There it is. Yeah. So not while I didn't mind watching the show once in a while, I was like, None of these experiences, you couldn't pay me enough money. I would just say, no, not worth it. I'll see you. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> All right. Last question is always the easiest besides this one. And I know your own, what other podcasts do you like that you would recommend? Um, yes. Besides uh, yours, of course. Um, I would say, and I always recommend this, especially for entrepreneurs or small business owners. It's called Entrepreneur on Fire. Uh, and I'm, his name is completely uh, slipping me right now. But it's awesome because he talks every day. So it's Monday through Friday. Uh, he talks to an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur of all kinds of backgrounds. Uh, and what I like about it, one, it's consistent and he asks kind of like the same questions. Uh, but they really give amazing insight like amazing insight. And what I love about it, they also share their stories. So, you know, a lot of times we see successful people um, and we just assume, wow, they have it all. They, you know, they did everything right. But, you know, to hear about their failures and things like that, 
makes you feel normal. Like, okay, they're, they've gone through this too and they're successful and you just never know what you're going to learn. Like, you know, marketing tips or, or whatever. And it's super short. It's like 30 minutes. Um, so I would definitely say entrepreneur on fire. Um, and another reason I like, like him is because he also offers like free, um, podcast courses so like if you want to start a podcast he goes through all of that like websites you can use how to download the itunes all of it uh, so i would highly recommend entrepreneur on fire i'm putting it on the list i love it no and and just what you're describing is a lot of that shared passion i know that you and i have in terms of just that you know that business spirit the entrepreneurial spirit the kind of you know it's, it's really awesome seeing how many, not just success stories from a, you know, a product or a, a business standpoint, but that personal element behind it is always just, I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, from, yeah, I mean, just obstacles, challenges, people that, you know, it's the hundred, um, WD40, the reason why the 40 was there, I, I think the story goes that that's the 40th different combination that they were going through so the 39 other ones failed and they got to that one so wow you know i I think that's true maybe it's an urban legend but you know there's there's so many of those things that you know again you just don't know that that's even a part of it you wouldn't even think about it and then you get those stories so i i I love it yeah i'm glad you recommended it thank you so let's let's get into your story um tell the audience about yourself you know, your, your, your origin story, right? The superhero origin story. <laughs> so I'm not going to take folks back to when I was born. Uh, I'll just take you back to, to current day for the most part. So um, I am, like you said, the owner and editor of Tag Magazine. We are a print publication website. We have a couple podcast shows, Les Hangout and Homo Ground. Uh, and we serve everything lesbian, queer, and under the rainbow. Uh, Before TAG, I was um, working for AARP. Uh, And even before that, I had a couple failed business ventures as well, um, which were great learning lessons. So I went back into, you know, the corporate world, worked for AARP, uh, did some like website uh, content things for them, posting articles and things like that, right? I really believe like my life led me to this point. Uh, I'm really proud because uh, I was one of four people that helped build out their LGBTQ pride page before I left, which was 2012, which is also kind of like, wow, I can't believe they didn't have this already. Um, but it's really cool, ARP.org slash pride, if anyone's interested in, in checking that out. Um, so yeah, I just, I was an advertising manager at the Chronicle of Higher Education graduated in advertising uh, and marketing. So all of this kind of led me to this point. And I remember when I was at ARP um, and I was just thinking how our, at the time, uh, our local publications, LGBTQ, and, uh, you know, and honestly national, a lot of times you saw like nothing but white gay men predominantly in these, uh, you know, in these publications on, you know, the websites, whatever. To the point that I remember when I first started TAG, I did a presentation for somebody and I literally picked up one of those magazines. I didn't even look at it. I just put it in my bag, walked over the presentation. And at the beginning, I said, you know, called somebody up. I want you to count in the first 10 pages how many women you see. 
Then I mm. want you to go back and count how many men you see. It was 33 men and two women within two, uh, 10 pages, uh, which was like, wow. Um, and it's literally, that was the reason I started TAG. You know, I wanted to see the stories of LGBTQ women uh, because our stories deserve to be told as well. Uh, and yeah, I always feel like I want some young uh, queer woman to pick up our magazine years from now, 10, 20, and be able to see the people that came before them, you know, what we were doing in 2021, how we handled the pandemic, you know, in 2020, uh, and just see the stories of the amazing women in our community. Uh, so I really wanted to do that. Uh, and I wanted to do it in print, you know, when a time when a lot of people were like, why would you do something in print? People say, you know, print is dead or whatever. Well, that hasn't happened for us. And I believe that it hasn't happened because we're like a niche within a niche, when in a niche and you just keep, you know, going down. That's, um, you know, one of the things I've actually learned on that podcast that I represented. Um, and I think that's where you find a lot of success. Um, so yeah, I left my job, my nice cushy job and started TAG September, 2012. So last year we turned eight uh, and never looked back. You know, uh, it definitely the first couple of years I questioned my entire life. Uh, and why I did this, but it was definitely worth the wait and worth the patience. So uh, now that that's, you know, majority of my focus, that's what I do is run this magazine uh, in print and online. Uh, and in addition, I'm also, I think you uh, mentioned it, I'm also a speaker as well. Uh, specifically, I also just became a speaker with Campus Speak. Uh, which is for those who don't know, uh, we basically go across the country right now virtually uh, and speak at camp uh, campuses all over the country. Um, I specifically talk about diversity, LGBTQ issues, people of color issues, as well as entrepreneurship. So that is my life right now. Kind of why I started TAG um, and where I'm, where I'm at right now. Oh, and I'm a DC uh, resident. I have to say that Washington DC resident for those listening, DC represent. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much a very short <laughs> synopsis of me and tag. No, I love it. And and yeah, we're kindred spirits as, as a native Washingtonian myself, even though now we're, uh, our condo is a little bit outside the district. I, uh, I love it. There aren't many legitimate, you know, native Washingtonians. I always joke, it's like we need our own section of the zoo next to the pandas or something. But, yes. uh, you know, anyway, um, I love it. Thank you for, uh, I mean, it's, you know, let's see. So we really, I think, I mean, I knew we, we met one another before the queer prom, but I want to say that was probably the first time we really kind of connected on a deeper yep. level. I know my wife was with me. Um, how long ago was that though? I was trying to think back. It was at Almas, right? Do yes. you remember? Yeah. And I did it there twice. Um, it was definitely before I started tag. So yeah. it had to be like 2009 or oh, 10 or something, something along those lines. Uh, I should know this by now uh, because the last prom I did uh, was at a hotel and it was right when I started tag. And then I was like, I can't do all of this anymore. Yeah. Uh, so that was the last one. But yeah, and it was really cool that you came and you came to support because I had just met you yeah. um, maybe like a month or two before that at a yeah. networking event. And I just thought, wow, it's so cool 
uh, to have, you know, people support this, you know, especially people like you who just, you know, met me, but wanted to support because we also um, gave to a charity. We did that every single year. Uh, And for those people who don't know, the Capital Queer Prom was a second chance prom for the LGBTQ community and our allies to have the prom you should have had years ago. And it was a lot of fun. People still ask me about it and if we're going to do it again. <laughs> so we'll see, maybe, maybe in the future. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're, you're just kind of scratching the surface. I mean, that, that was an incredible event. It was one that was kind of like, we didn't even think twice more often. I was like, Hey, we got to go and be, this is going to be better than our own prom experiences. I know that like, this is awesome. So that was, yeah, no, I, but I, I was literally, I was racking my brain. I had the pictures and I was trying to figure out the dates, but anyway, um, so that, I mean, you know, I'm glad that we've developed a good relationship that, geez, golly, that's, that would be over 10 years ago. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You don't have to say how old we are. Nobody needs to know. We're still young. No, no. they don't need to know we're in high school. Yeah, exa- exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, what stands out to you the most, if you were to hang your hat on either one thing, one experience uh, that's been the most formative in your, you know, your young adult life, your professional life, what would that be? Like, what, what's the thing that, you know, that one thing that you would want to tell somebody? Oof, this is such a good question. And I'm sure there are, there are many. Now, when you say tell someone, would this be like advice or just like, hey, this is what really shaped things for me? I think that the, the latter, the thing that really was a really formative experience for you um, that you, you know, a defining moment or something. Sure. Uh, so I don't necessarily have like a, a month, um, or year, but I bring this up often. Uh, and I don't think you have to be an LGBTQ person, uh, to find this, but really being comfortable in your own skin. Uh, you know, as somebody who, you know, I came out, but I still wasn't quite sure who I was or how I wanted my hair or, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, and it was the moment that I just became like unapologetically myself. I knew who I wanted to be. I knew who I, you know, how I wanted to present, you know, all of that. Uh, and it really, uh, when I realized like, I don't care, like, I don't care what people think, how I look or whatever, this is me. Uh, and, you know, when I go to networking events or I go out, uh, this is who I'm going to be, you know, and it's powerful to be able to know who you are and move in that direction. That was probably hugely significant uh, in my life, for sure. Uh, because, you know, if you don't really know who you are, there's only so far that you can go. Uh, and people can kind of pick up on that, too. So it was important for me to have confidence in who I was. Uh, especially with being, you know, a professional and a business owner for sure. So that's what I would probably say. Definitely. Hands down. I love it. That's, that's awesome. I mean, and I, you know, I couldn't agree more, you know, there's, I mean, there's such a, an identity crisis in some respects and especially in DC where, you know, you got just, first of all, it's the city of networking, which I know a lot of major cities are, but, you know, with, with the addition of not just professionalism, but politics, it seems like everybody's trying to be, you know, somebody, not necessarily that they're not, but there's just, you can tell that there's a lot baked into the performance. Yep. And yet there's probably so much of that insecurity 
component. And certainly, you know, not not just specific to the LBGTQ community, right? But you know, just in general, I I I really appreciate you sharing how important that is because I certainly, you know, I I, I recognize a similar you know juncture in my own life and and it's just kind of seen that, and uh, it is. It's really, it's it's. Yeah, it's, it's almost hard to kind of define. Right, it's that life changing of you know now I now I can just be me, and that's not just okay. That's great, you know. It's like exciting. Yeah, I agree. I I feel like when you know who you are, you're sitting in your truth, and you're just genuine about who you are. People will gravitate towards that. They really will. I mean, I've seen it happen. Um, you know, not only with me, but just with other people, because they, you know, people are attracted to that. People are attracted to honesty uh, and being genuine and confidence and all of that uh, when it's just real. You know what I mean? It's, it's not fake. It's not pretending. It's just real. Um, I believe that people will come to you. You know what I mean? You don't have to necessarily like pressure, you know, people and these networking events or wherever, you know, just be yourself, you know? Yeah. Authenticity is infectious. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And um, I want to build a little bit more on the story about TAG and talk. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we're both passionate supporters of the LBGT community um, and with divergent stories that I'm so grateful that, you know, we just have such intersection. Um, So talk a little bit more about, you mentioned you identified a clear need and an opportunity that tag was going to meet. So tell a little bit about more, more about that and also a little bit bigger picture on just kind of how you see setting the tone and making your mark in the community, both locally and nationally. Yeah, so um, yeah, like I said, I just, I a lot of times people wanna see people who look like them, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Visibility is so important. Visibility sometimes is also the best form of activism, like however you want to look at it. You know, it's, I'm, um, I don't want to say sometimes jealous, but also excited for these younger generations of uh, LGBTQ folks or minorities in general uh, who get to see themselves on TV now. You know, I think about, there was no one, you know, when I was growing up Um, and that's okay, you know, Uh, But to see visibility on the screen is so important. And that was my main factor in building out TAG, uh, that I needed to see people who look like me, that look like my friends in the queer women's community, uh, also trans women, trans men. You know, I I just noticed that people were being left out. I'm not saying that some of the stories weren't being told, but not enough of them were being told. Uh, and there's amazing people in the community. You know, we, um, it's great to have some celebrity interviews and we have, uh, but we really want to focus on, you know, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, regular people, right? But that are doing amazing things within our community. And I believe we do a really good job of that. Uh, my joke, I always say, okay, my goal is to tell every <laughs> story of LGBTQ women I can in tag. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the goal, right? Uh, and so I, I, just, I just wanted people to see themselves. I wanted to let people know, I mentioned, you know, about this essentially being a history book, right? In years to come, 
uh, that's what I wanted. Uh, obviously, you know, for me, yes, I, I want to make a mark on this world. I feel like who doesn't um, want to make a mark in this community for sure. Uh, and if tag is that, then I've done my job. Like I've, I've done it, um, which is to just showcase who we are and how amazing we are uh, and that women are a part of this community as well. Um, and it also, I, it also teaches uh, people that even though we are all part of this LGBTQ community, right? Lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer folks. Um, sometimes, you know, we're not all the same. And I think TAG does a really good job of showing that uh, in training in some ways, some of our advertisers and sponsors and talking to people, you know, about marketing to the LGBTQ community and saying, hey, sometimes these groups are different. Uh, and here's why we're different. And here's why TAG exists, uh, because it's needed and our voices aren't out there, our images aren't out there, and our stories aren't out there. Uh, so that was my main driving force. Uh, and the three things I wanted to, to do when launching TAG was tell great stories, provide resources, and have events for our readers to get together. And so Clearly we're telling stories. We have a resources page where people can go to their state, you know, uh, and click on it and see some LGBTQ resources in their area, uh, whether it's uh, centers uh, or, you know, support groups or whatever. Uh, we want it to be that for people. And we have had events, as you know, um, you know, throughout the year, everything from Capital Pride events, we did a fashion show, um, with the singer Maya to raise money for the Trevor Project, all kinds of stuff, um, a ladies tea. And again, it is here in the uh, Washington DC area because that's where we're based. Um, so that's where all our in-person events are. And what's really, really cool is I know of at least three couples who have met at our event, one of our events, and they're now married. Uh, and two of them have babies. So I'm like, this is just amazing. Like, this is what I wanted to do. Um, people often ask why the name tag? Um, it's like, what does it stand for? And I'm always like, oh, it doesn't really stand for anything. But uh, we wanted, or I wanted a name that said connection, like mm. connecting our community. Our tagline actually used to be your connection to the DC lesbian community before we went on a larger scale. Um, which I'll talk about in just a second, but um, I wanted some sort of connection, right? And uh, linked, LinkedIn was taken, right? Uh, clearly Ebony Magazine was taken. Uh, <laughs> I just knew that I wanted something. And I, I thought to myself, when you play the game of tag, you have to reach out and touch someone. I and I was it. like, boom, that's it. And then we just added an extra G <laughs> because it looked cool. Um, but essentially that's what we wanna do, we wanna connect. And I felt like through our stories, resources and, and events, we would do exactly that. And I feel like we've done a really great job. Um, I have an amazing team. I can't say it's all me. I have an amazing team that makes sure, uh, make sure that we continue to um, uplift our mission uh, and continue the work that we wanna do. Uh, so yeah, I would say, you know, we were probably for, four or five years, like very, very DC, Maryland, Virginia focused. Mm -hmm. um, we start telling some stories, like of course, celebrities and things like that from across the country. But once I start seeing um, 
queer women's media either shutting down uh, or moving to um, online only, I realized that there was a need there uh, for people across the country for us, uh, for them to have something to hold on to uh, and see the stories of everyone from across the country. So obviously our website, right? Anyone can go to it, but we've really upped our game to make sure that we're telling stories from across the country and the world, you know? Uh, and so that's been really beneficial for us. We have subscribers across the country for print. Uh, and that's kind of the, the next step for us is to think a little bit bigger and think smart, especially post-pandemic. I think a lot of folks had to pivot and we were one of them. Um, and so, yeah, and again, we have the two podcast shows. We did not start with podcasts, but we realized, as you know, how important it is to get your voice out there, information, because somebody is going to benefit from it, uh, for sure. Uh, just like I know people will benefit from this and um, what you're doing as well. So, yeah, we just kind of slowly started to grow on, uh, on a larger spectrum. And uh, we also last year, thanks to the pandemic, uh, started a web series, you know, a monthly show uh, where we have been able to interview amazing people like Rosie O'Donnell, Dominique Jackson from Pose, uh, the actress Kat Burrell, a couple of people from The L Word. Uh, and a lot of them signed on because they wanted to support us during the pandemic, but it winded up bringing out something amazing out of this uh, and people love it. You know, they want to do fan chat and, and talk to these people that they, that they love. So we're really moving in a different direction uh, as a media company, because that's who we are. We are, you know, LGBTQ women's media. So we're always looking for ways to outreach and not only get our name out there, but again, we want people to feel connected, whether they're here in DC or not. Um, so yeah, we're no longer just DC, we're, we're everywhere. And we wanna be everything, you know, to as many people as we can. I love that. And I first of all, the story that you said about the game of tag, first time I heard that, love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just what a, what a visual, you know, as somebody that likes not just, you know, visual medium, like just to be able to think about that. I think that that's great. And you mentioned something, so I'm going to kind of like consolidate what you were saying, but how it's important to not just be part of a large community, but how individualism and understanding yourself, your place in that is equally important. And I think that's something thematically that you've clearly done a really good job of kind of recognizing that both are needed, right? That the, the community as a whole needs to grow but also that each individual part needs to, you know, some need to get more access than others. Right. Because that's, you know, that's so critical. And, and, and just seeing how that plays out across a lot of, you know, underserved or minority demographics that, that you know, we want to move the group forward, but we also want to help individuals stand up at the same time. And I really, I just, I, I appreciate that. And uh, it's been pretty awesome watching you continue to make this, you know, I mean, it just gets bigger and better. and. I mean, 2021 is going to be, I'm sure, a banner year and, and, and oh, many, many, many more. I am so looking forward to this year, you know, and I realize we're not out of the weeds technically yet, but I see great things happening, uh, one, for the country, but, you know, definitely for, for TAG as well. And I'm just, I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to move forward and, and see, you know, where this journey continues to take us. 
Well, and I know our team is is super thrilled that we can be a small part of that, and hopefully we'll, we'll continue to make it a, a bigger part. Because again, I mean, they couldn't come alongside a better organization. And I, I want to ask you, so, you know, I know you've, you've spoken on this a lot. It, what kind of, maybe not necessarily advice, but if you're, if you're talking to someone who's wanting to either help women, uh, help someone in the LBGT community, or, you know, kind of get involved, what, what would some of the ways that you would say, you know, these are the steps that you can take now to become more connected and to maybe be a part of what is going on? Sure. This is a great question. Uh, and actually what's funny is uh, one of my keynotes that I do for Campus Speak is allyship, like how to be a good ally. Uh, so uh, a few things that I mentioned and I hope will help people listening uh, are, I mean, and a few of them seem really simple, uh, but you know, uh, there's a lot to them. So for example, uh, research, right, is makes a lot of sense. Uh, and what I mean by that, so for example, um, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and people start hitting the streets and uh, the Black Lives Matter movement really, I mean, it, it exploded more than it ever did uh, to the point that um, the Black Lives Matter website received the most visits it ever has because people felt like helpless or they wanted to do something, especially allies, and they went on the site and they had resources, they had tools to say, hey, here's how you show up. This is what's going on, you know, in your neighborhood or whatever the case might be. Um, another thing under research that I always say is research terms. Uh, yes. Realize, you know, even LGBTQ, you know, people uh, don't necessarily understand what that means uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement, for example systematic racism was like a new term, you know, for people. So if you're hearing things within the women's community, LGBTQ or people of color, like just take time to figure out what those are. And there are always like some great articles out there, right? Uh, another thing that I mentioned um, is there's like a, a bunch of them. So I'm trying to con consolidate. No, we want them all. Keep it going. I love it is in um, support uh, businesses that are in your backyard, period. Uh, a lot of times we think that these things, and sometimes these movements or things are a lot bigger than us. And that's okay uh, because, you know, whatever the issue might be, but it doesn't mean that it's untouchable. And I think when things are big, we tend to kind of take a step back and say, you know, well, really how can I make a difference, right? Um, but the same issues that are happening that we see on TV or the things you're reading about are happening in your backyard, period. Um, so, you know, if you're seeing stories of, unfortunately, LGBTQ people uh, getting jumped or things like that, unfortunately, I guarantee it's happened in your neck of the woods. And it's a great opportunity to figure out uh, how to step up and what organizations help with those type of things. Uh, there was a, a buddy of mine, Dave, <clears throat> who heard about um, how a lot of trans women, especially trans women of color, are being murdered and assaulted at alarming rates, right? Um, and so he went right to his backyard, to Casa Ruby, uh, that literally um, houses and uh, feeds and uh, supplies resources to trans women in the D.C. area. Um, I can't say that enough. You know, and that's part of the research looking into 
you know, uh, who's doing what. Like you all, uh, you wanted to support a black owned business, a black queer owned business, a woman owned business. Mm -hmm. Um, And what you did is uh, you supported a business that a lot of times doesn't get the same uh, support, right? And this isn't like, you know, woe is me. It just, it is facts. Uh, You know, for example, with black businesses last year, 47% had to shut their doors, right? Yeah. 17% compared to 17% of their white counterparts. And it's statistically known uh, that businesses that look like me don't get as much investors or PPPs or just things like that. Uh, And it's really sad. You know what I mean? It really, really is. Uh, So why I appreciate you, not just as a person and as a friend, is that you recognize that and you could have gone anywhere. You could have gone on a larger scale, but you made a difference right here. Uh, to a business that needed it during the pandemic. You know what I mean? Um, And it's important when you see these facts and figures, um, ask yourself, like, what can I do with this information? Period. Um, And that goes for queer women. It goes, you know, for for all kinds of people, whoever you're an ally to, you know, it could be women, LGBTQ, it could be black and brown folks, it could be immigrants, you know, anyone. Um, I would give this exact same advice is if you do nothing else, like just look in your neck of the woods and figure out how you can make a difference and, you know, just see what's going on. Like the figures that I gave you, what do you do with that information uh, and how do you help? No, I'm I'm so glad that you laid it out the way that you did too. And and yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I certainly... Uh, first of all, appreciate the opportunity uh, to partner with TAG. I mean, it, to, to us, it's a privilege and, and we're just thrilled to be on this journey because it's the journey that, you know, I mean, if we can have, you know, a footnote on it, that to us is just really thrilling. But but yeah, we 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 do want to see not just the, the macro level, big picture, okay, here's a need or a movement or something that we're very passionate about, but line up and, and do some very pragmatic things. And I, I mean, you just, you laid it out so uh, perfectly, you know, in terms of start where you are, you know, you don't feel like, you know, if, if you're not in the DC area and you can't come down to Capitol Hill or there are certain things that you're really passionate about, but you know, you just can't do that. That's okay. Because there's definitely something right outside your front door. You can find a way to connect to and make an impact. In. And I think that that's hopefully a message that a lot of people can really start to digest more because, you know, I, I, I can't say this enough and it, it, it might not sound the way that I want it to, but it's been really painful to just have a front row seat to the pandemic's impact that has been abjectly disproportionate to minorities. It's just the, the, the most impacted parts of our nation are the most vulnerable already and the ones that we've been fighting for. And, and it just, it, it's painful. And, you know, I mean, to see, I saw the report, I think at the end of the year of 147,000 job losses, all women. Oof. Oof. I mean, think about that for a second, that, that, you know, how far we've come to advance just, just women in, in all parts of, of industry and then to see that evaporate. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been tough. And so I think, um, you know, 
the glass half full approach is okay. Well, you know, we're, we're all here, we're all in this, and and therefore we can have, you know, a communal response and a response that is local and, and meaningful. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm so glad you said you know find a business or or, or an organization. You know, we have. You know, uh, you know that the Equality Chamber here in D.C. You can look at NGLCC's website, and they'll tell you all of the regional chambers that you can get connected to. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you just kind of giving that clarity. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's more and more people that are now coming to you know the front lines and wanting to take that next step. Um, if somebody, you know, I hear this a lot of times because you mentioned a few things, and I think certainly from the ally community. I think sometimes people um, are, certainly some of it can be uncomfortable, especially not, you know, because you don't know what you don't know, you don't wanna make mistakes. So I think sometimes people can be timid. Um, how would you encourage somebody to, you know, still take certain steps, you know, and, and kind of, you know, fail, but fail forward, so to speak. What would you say? Sure. <laughs> so um, one of the other things I talk about is, right, it's very simple is, you know, ask and listen, right? Um, it's okay to be honest about where you are uh, and your knowledge or lack of knowledge uh, or whatever the case might be. It goes back to what I was saying about just be honest, right? Be authentic about where you are. Um, and it's okay. It's okay for you to say, hey, listen, I see what's going on, you know, in this world. Uh, the what you told me about uh, women, it, by the way, my you just completely like blew my mind right now. I had no idea about that. You know, um, I'm seeing this happening. You know, I, I'm seeing it on TV or whatever. I want to be a better ally to women. I want to be a better ally to queer women or whatever the case is. Right. Um, and you just say, and I recognize, you know, my lack of knowledge and I realize, you know, and I know you're within the community. Um, so if you could provide me, you know, give me any advice or provide me any resources, uh, that would be amazing, right? Um, and it's important you say it like that because what you don't want to do is tokenize somebody, um, you know, and that used to, that happened to me before I started TAG. There was this one publication that con like the guy would call me when it was anything black and gay. And I was like, you know what? I'm not the mayor of Black Gays. Uh, I would love to be if that was a job, but there's no such thing. Uh, so it's important that you also understand that um, and just say, hey, listen, I know you're involved in the community. I, I'm coming to you in this way and I don't expect you to do my job for me, but I'm hoping you can point me in the right direction um, and just kind of go from there. No, I think that that's great. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I know, from where I sit, I mean, I, I, I had those kind of moments and feelings, you know, very early and thankfully my personality is I kind of, I push, push through that anyway, because uh, it's just kind of how I'm wired, but I know so many other people, especially people that I talk to in the, you know, in the financial industry, uh, a lot of them, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing community that I have the privilege of being a part of in what I do as a profession. There's so many people that are wanting to address you know, uh, DINE issues, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion, and, and are really wanting to take not just one step, but many, many steps. But it's that kind of, you know, it's that, you know, that discomfort of not knowing, not wanting to offend, and, and coming from a good place. But like you said, just you don't know what you don't know. And so I really 
I think that that's just incredible advice just to say, you know, hey, have an open mind and an open heart and, and be willing to approach and learn and, you know, sit down, shut up, listen really well. Um, and that whole, you know, that, that empathetic listening, right? Try to listen to understand from someone else's experience. Because I, I can say the thing that I have just literally enjoyed the most, and, and people don't really know this, but, you know, I mean, our relationship is a great example because I just, I love listening to the story and seeing it play out and seeing, you know, life through somebody else's shoes because it, because it informs me and it, and it inspires me. And then it also helps me know how I can do something that's yeah. not because I thought that this was going to be meaningful, but because I, I, I've, I've tried to listen and learn and, you know, I certainly haven't arrived, but it's, it's that kind of dynamic that can be really, really powerful. And, you know, there's so many wonderful people like you that are willing to, you know, open up their lives, to be vulnerable, to be transparent when people approach them, you know, with the legitimate interest of, of listening, learning and growing. So, yeah, really good. You said an amazing keyword there, empathy. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, sometimes we invalidate people's stories uh, or we have what is called sympathy versus empathy, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm saying this, uh, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her, uh, Brene Brown. She oh, yes. has a very quick three minute video that like is amazing and explains it, you know, perfectly how to listen to stories with empathy, you know, versus sympathy, like, oh, you know, that sucks. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm sorry you're going through that, that sucks. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at least you have your health or whatever. And empathy is a little bit different. Like, you know, I understand what you're going through. Or why don't you explain to me your story and I'll just listen. You know what I mean? That That's the key. That is the key. So when you said that, I was like, yes. <laughs> no, th you're right. And um, it's funny. I, did, I had another podcast recording with uh, a woman that uh, runs an organization, Females in Finance, uh, Cheryl Hickerson. And, and I think if I'm remembering this correctly, it might've been the superhero, the superpower question is she said empathy would be her superpower. Wow. And, I, and, you know, it was like, yes, because of what we're talking about of, you know, for me, like I, I'm always, I remember it's, it's that Stephen Covey point of a paradigm shift. You're getting out of your own mentality, your own framework, your own understanding of life, and you're trying to get into somebody else's. And that, I mean, that's just the most massively formative experience any of us can have is, is to not experience life our own way, but to have to put on somebody else's hat and, and be in somebody else's shoes and all that kind of stuff. So I think that, you know, hopefully that's also something a lot of us are, you know, are trying to grow in, right? Being yeah. more empathetic and understanding. And uh, yeah, because I, I mean, man, you know, if a community really wraps themselves up in empathy, we can go really far. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the end. I want to ask: Are there certain concerns that you know specific to like the readers of Tag that you would want people to be aware of? Things that you're you're paying attention to that you're seeing in your community of readers that you would want other people to know are you know kind of felt needs or concerns uh, current day or, or doesn't even have to be current day. But what would you want to share? Um, I've seen uh, LPAC, uh, which is a lesbian pack. Um, they came out, uh, and unfortunately, I don't know the exact stats, but 
Um, they came out with a survey asking about, you know, what queer women really care about. Um, mm-hmm. And something we need to uh, make sure that um, we're aware of is, you know, just like queer women aren't the same as gays, right? Gay men. Um, mm-hmm. Queer women aren't alike, right? Uh, because of intersectionality. So yes, I'm a queer woman, but, you know, I'm Black, um, you know, or whatever. Uh, there's an intersectionality there. Uh, you know, there might be an Asian American queer woman or whatever. So we have to also understand intersectionality. So queer women don't necessarily, it's not just like, oh, we have this like one issue. A lot of times it's like the issues that are happening now. Um, and so some of the things, the, the highest thing was essentially um, inclusion, right? Diversity yeah. and inclusion uh, and seeing fair justice for people within the queer women's community, right? Um, Because we have to remember, you know, when we walk, certain people walk out of the house, you see a little, you see something different, right? Um, You see the person's race or or color. Uh, P.S. I can't stand when people say I don't see color Uh, because it's like you clearly, you clearly do. (laughs) And it's okay for you to see it. but we have to remember there's intersectionality there. So the biggest thing was social justice. Um, some really interesting ones were like environmental was like two, like climate change and, and things like that. Uh, so I don't think there was necessarily like a, a very queer women focus, but I think uh, because of intersectionality, uh, there's just different focuses there. Um, I do know how important safe spaces are for queer women, period. It's super important. Unfortunately, we live, you know, in a world uh, where people get harassed or assaulted or things like that. And a lot of times you just want to enjoy a drink. <laughs> you just want to talk to people. Um, and it's hard to be in certain spaces. Uh, so I know that is very important for our, uh, for our community, for sure, um, especially as women. Um, you know, and there was a space uh, every Monday that was predominantly Black queer women. Um, and that was important to be a part of as well, um, because we just have different experiences, right? Um, but it was a safe space, you know? Uh, so I would say the biggest thing is safe space, but, you know, social justice and, and climate change were apparently also on the list as well. Uh, and no, and I appreciate, and I appreciate that last one. I, you know, I think, um, Certainly, hopefully, as as you know, the pandemic dynamic starts to shift, and we are able to congregate, and we start to do things. Maybe that's something that you know you can see a lot of allies try to um, you know adopt a stance towards. Hey, maybe maybe what I can do is try to help facilitate or create safe spaces or to support organizations that are trying to do that. Because I, I I completely agree that yeah. you know, it's so so of course before the Haney Group, right? Um, <laughs> A couple years ago, we teamed up with Northwestern Mutual, yep. Yep. Uh, and we did financial planning, and it was specifically for our community because a lot of times um, we we want to work with people who understand us, right? We want to be surrounded by people who look like us. You know, can we go to any financial planning class? Sure, but to be surrounded by people in our community. Uh, it's just it's just something different, right? It it's yeah. a space, right? 
Um, and yeah, when things get back to normal, you hopefully will be doing the same thing for us as well as an amazing ally of our community. No, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that. We we absolutely will. It's it's in our plans, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And for what I know, will be a lot of you know, we'll have some creativity about how do we how do we get back out, reengage, do some fun things, do some educational things, and just really make sure that the community, you know, doesn't just survive but thrives. Right. Absolutely. Yes. The year uh, I used to have uh, a friend that would say the year of thrival. <laughs> yes. I like that. Yeah. I might have to steal that. I hope it's not trademarked. <laughs> I don't think it is. Go for it. <laughs> awesome. Well, any final shout outs you want to make? Any uh, anybody you want to plug? Um, you. So oh, you're too kind. No, seriously. Uh, I'm a big believer in supporting the people who support us. And I'm not just saying that selfishly because we know each other. Uh, the LGBTQ community is a brand loyal community. I can't say that enough. Uh, the order I believe is African-American then LGBTQ uh, have really big buying power and tend to be really brand loyal to the people who support us. Um, and so I say that um, because yeah, you are an amazing ally to our community. Um, and it's the reason that I will continue to work with you. Uh, seriously, we have to support the people that support us. Uh, that's how we continue. That's how we partner. That's how we thrive. All of it. Uh, so one, anyone listening, please know our community is very brand loyal. Um, and if you want to put yourself in front of them, I absolutely suggest that you do in, in different ways. Um, also, I just not too long ago bought your book on Amazon, uh, and I absolutely <laughs> suggest, um, you know, anyone that's listening, you know, quick read uh, on Amazon for affordable price came very quickly, uh, all of that. So, you know, yeah, I, I, those are the two things. And then, on, you know, obviously anyone that's interested in learning more about TAG, you can go to TAGGmagazine.com. Uh, reach out to me, follow us on social media, all of that. Um, and just, yeah, continue to support one another because we need each other more now than ever. We absolutely do. Absolutely do. And I, and yes, I, I have to re reiterate, check out TAG and all of the amazing things you're doing. Um, and, if, and if somebody wants to be on a train that's going in not just the right direction, but is a lot of fun to be on, they need to be on the TAG train, I'm telling you. I, you know, it's just been, it's been cool to, to, like I said, just have a front row seat to it all. So uh, thank you for, for being on the show today. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to say this is it to be continued. Cause I think you're going to have to be a repeat guest. Cause we got, we got some more things that I think we can uh, cover. So how's yeah, that sound? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I would love for us to talk uh, a little bit more about finances too. You know, oh, yeah. I, I've had some <laughs> failures and some successes, you know, um, and would love to get your input. So please, I'd love to come back. I appreciate you uh, for having me uh, today as your guest. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate it. The information provided in this podcast is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. The Haney Company, its employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. 
Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant as the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicatory of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Brian Haney is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC.